Hi, I'm Bruce Bartow, the chaplain here at Kim Ray, and we are doing a series that I have called Foundations, and today we're going to look at another uh, lesson in that series, so let's jump in. As promised, we're going to cover the second half of our timeline illustration this week. Again, we're, we're covering what God's doing with mankind. He's making us in his image. That's his goal. Okay, how do we get involved in that? Well, if we look at the first or the last slide from last time, we see that Christ was sent to earth at the right time. He was crucified, buried, raised, and seated at the right hand of God. And that's where he left our story off with this timeline. But again, as promised, we're going to see how do we get involved in that. How do we become part of God's plan that he has set in motion on our behalf? Well, all of us are going to live a life, a life that involves birth and death. So the next slide here, we show the, a birth and a death. Now, obviously, this timeline is not to scale, or that would be a couple thousand years of a life there. But let's say that's my life. I was born in uh, South Carolina back in the 50s, and someday I'll die. I don't know when that's going to be, but if Jesus doesn't come back, before then I will die. And during my lifetime, I have an opportunity and what did I have the opportunity to do? I had the opportunity to hear the gospel, that Jesus came and died for my sins. If I believe that, that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came and died for my sins, was buried and raised, all of that, then what that means is I received Christ by faith, is one way people say it, that I received him. Uh, 1 John 5, 11 and 12. This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. This life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. All right, so there's this receiving of Christ, this believing, obedient faith in believing that he is the Son of God. Well, what happens to us at that moment, if we look at the next timeline, or the next slide, I'm going to put a little cross in the middle of my life line there. Okay, that's the moment at which I received Christ. That's the moment at which I believed that he was the Son of God, that he died for my sins. Well, the Bible says something really interesting about what happens at that moment when a person does that. From Galatians 2.20, the first part of the verse, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. Now, again, remember, God is looking down in eternity, and he sees everything right now. How could I be crucified with Christ in, 19, in the 1950s when Jesus died almost 2,000 years before that? Because God is dealing in an eternal perspective. It's not kind of like it happened, or he just pretends like it happened when it didn't really happen. The old person is crucified, that old sin nature, that old propensity to sin is crucified. And so when I, when, he, when I accepted Christ, I was crucified with him. In Romans 6, 4, the first part of the verse, it says, Therefore, 
having been buried with him through baptism into death. So not only was I crucified with him, I was buried with him. Okay, I went with him when he was paying for the sin, not just for me, but for all of mankind like we discussed last time. And then Ephesians 2, 5 and 6 says this, Even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So just as Jesus was crucified, buried, raised, and seated at the right hand of God, so we were, if you see on this next slide, buried with him, the next slide shows us we were raised with him and then seated with him in heavenly places. Now, how could that be? I'm standing here on planet Earth. How could I be seated at the right hand of God in heaven? Well, think of it as we are actually beings that live in two different dimensions. We are a physical being, we're all, but we have a physical nature, this body and so forth, and we're part of this physical realm, but we're actually a spiritual being. And so in the spiritual realm, wherever Christ is, that's where we are. Because all through the first chapter of Ephesians, it talks about being in him. And wherever he is, you know, that's where we are. Because that's where he is. All right, so the moment you accept Christ, the moment you receive him, believing in him, the different ways that scripture tells us that, by grace you are saved through faith. It's not a result of works, lest any man boast. Okay, it's, it's about grace. So God brings us into salvation by grace. We are crucified with him, buried with him, and raised with him, and seated with him at, at, at the right hand of God. It says at that moment that we literally are born again. Remember he told Nicodemus you had to be born again? 1 John 5, 1 says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So that's all of those steps, if you will, hearing the gospel, believing, receiving, you're crucified with Christ, buried with him, raised with him, seated with him, and born again. That's a, that is a one-stroke deal. It's not a process that'll happen over time, and maybe if we get it right before we die, we'll get to go to heaven. It's sealed. You know how we know that? We looked at the temple two weeks ago, how the Holy Spirit, God himself, moves in to us. He takes up residence in us, sealing us for the day of salvation. And he will not loosen his grip on us. The Bible says no one can pluck you out of the Father's hand. All right, so that takes place. And now something wonderful begins. You know, when a baby is born physically, what do we do? Well, we, we help them grow up. Why? So we can be witnesses of what God has created. You know, there's a little baby laying there, and it's cute, and it's got all the parts. Doesn't know how to do anything. Can't talk, can't walk. It's not an artist yet, or a musician, or a ball player, or an engineer, or whatever. God has given him all the particular leanings towards and talents and natural gifts and abilities. So we get to watch him grow up and become something. 
Well, when you are born again, when I was born again, a process began of helping me, my Heavenly Father began helping me to grow up into Him and reach the fullness of the stature that belongs to Christ. Well, none of us can say we're there yet. But we're moving in that direction, not at our will, but at His will. And He's not in a hurry. He's patient. He's taking His time about it, so He does the job right. He's helping us learn the truth that sets us free, so we'll walk in a trusting relationship with Him by obeying Him by faith. Galatians 2.20 part 2 says, it's no longer I who live, the first part says that, but the second part says, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. I like to say, and loved me so much that He gave Himself up for me. All right, so I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. But Christ lives in me in the life I now live. So which is it? Do I not live or do I do live? Well, I have his life. I am a new creature in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I have become the righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. I got those backwards. But anyway, they're in both in 2 Corinthians 5. So... What happened? Well, something changed, and now I am learning to live by faith in the one who showed us how to live by faith. All throughout Jesus' life, he said things like, I don't do anything of my own initiative. I don't even speak words of my own initiative. Whatever I hear the Father saying, that's what I say. Whatever I see the Father doing, that's what I do. The only time he ever said, this I do in my own initiative, he said this, I lay down my life. He laid down his will and by faith did the Father's will. And that is an example that he's teaching us how to live by faith, live in a trusting relationship with the one who loves us so much that he's willing to die for us. That is such a beautiful thing. But that's a process. Born again, it was an instant in time. Boom, it all happened. I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because I never do anything wrong? No, because of my birth. I now have his, if you want to call it that, DNA. He now lives in me. It's his life that I'm living. But he's really good at it, and I'm not. And so I'm learning, like we learn from our parents, how to walk and talk and drive a car or whatever. We're learning from our heavenly parent, our heavenly father, how to live like he lives by trusting what he says. Remember back in the garden, what started this whole mess was they didn't trust him. They said, don't eat from that. It's not good for you. It'll kill you. They didn't believe him. They decided to believe a serpent instead who said, oh, you won't die. In fact, you need that really bad. And he's not going to let you have it. He's holding out on you. He, he told so many lies in that little conversation with Eve is ridiculous but they believed them they no longer trusted God they began to trust other ideas and look at the mess it's caused but he's giving us this new opportunity to receive him by faith that's a trust and once that happens that divine exchange that takes place he takes our old life and crucifies it on the cross buries it pays it off it gives us new life and raises us up with him 
and seats us in heavenly places. Where as an infant in Christ, as a child of God, you and I begin to learn what does it mean when God says this or that? Why does he want me to love my enemies? Why should I give away some of what I've worked so hard to get? You know, what is this all about? Well, a lot of things we learned growing up as humans, we didn't understand about what our parents told us, right? Have you ever caught yourself saying, I should have listened to mom and dad. I figured that they didn't know how to do what I'm doing. And they said it would be bad, but I figured it'd turn out okay. And just sure enough, it turned out bad. <laughs> or they taught me how to save my money. I'm really glad they did because now, wow, I've got money in the bank. And um, I, I, I have a good credit rating and all that stuff. So sometimes we learn from our parents, both negatively and positively. Well, we can learn from our Heavenly Father the same way. When we choose to act inconsistent with His leading, with what the Scripture tells us, what His Holy Spirit is leading us to do, and we experience negative consequences, we don't get lost again. Because remember the illustration a couple weeks ago, we used to relate to God on the outside. Now we relate to God on the inside. And He says when the Spirit comes, He'll be in you forever. Jesus uh, says in, in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you or forsake you. It's a permanent arrangement in the new covenant. The old covenant, you could break and be out of, out, of, out of relationship with God. Under the new covenant, it says we are saved to the uttermost. It's a, we've been given a nature like his that is undefiled. It cannot be made unclean before God. You'll see on the next slide, we're now no longer on the black line. We are now living as Christ lived when he was here on earth, in the world but not of the world. He told the disciples that, that you are in the world but not of the world. He asked the Father to keep us from the evil one, to not let anything happen to us. And he, he, the Father will not let his son down. All right, so you know, Galatians 2.20 the second half is the life I now live. Okay, like I said, he was really good at it. He came to earth and managed to live 33 or so years without ever sinning. Even as a new believer, I still have memories of my old life and the world around me and enticements and, and temptations and lies that fake me out. You know, the devil's still a liar, father of all lies. He's still faking us out and getting us to do things inconsistent with our nature. Just like little children do things inconsistent with their human nature. They will, they'll act like an animal, you know. Uh, I saw my, one of my children one time drinking out of the dog's bowl. <laughs> well, he's not a dog, but he didn't know any better. And so there he was. Ephesians 5, excuse me, 2, verse 5 and 6, it says, When we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places. All right, so building on that, in Romans 6, 4, the second half of that verse, we looked at the other half earlier in last week's lesson, it says, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. All right, so we've been given a new life. The life I now live is so that He's helping us learn to walk in the newness of life. Not according to the world. You know, the Bible talks a lot about 
you know, don't walk after the flesh. We should walk by the Spirit in 1 John 5. Uh, we lay aside the old self that was corrupted by the lust of deceit and put on the new self, which in the, right, in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness, holiness, and truth. Uh, there's, there's so much said about learning to live consistent with the new life we've been given. But here's the great thing. We're not doing this by ourselves. He didn't just leave us an instruction manual and go off somewhere, and we have to show up on exam day and pass the test. He lives in us. And so this is more of an apprentice program. It's, he is right there along with us the whole time, showing us why that doesn't work still <laughs> and what will work better. And yet it may not feel good to do what God wants you to do, just like it didn't feel good for Jesus to go to the cross. But look at the good that came out of it the payment for all of the sins of all mankind and our salvation. So the Father will lead us to do what's ultimately good, even if it's sacrificial in nature. That's actually a good thing. In Colossians 2.6, it says, As therefore you receive Christ, as therefore you have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So how do we receive Christ? We received him by faith. How do we walk in him? By faith. It's the same dynamic, learning to trust and believe that he's leading us in the right way. Again, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above and not the things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, you will be revealed, you will also be revealed with him in glory. You've been raised up with him. Now, I don't know about you, but because I'm in two realms, the spiritual realm and the earthly realm, I can get my mind on the earthly realm. And I have a tendency to have earthly thoughts and respond with earthly feelings, we call it the flesh, and make earthly choices and sometimes follow after the things that are going on around me until I realize this has never worked. Why am I trying it again? And then I take that thought captive, it tells us in the scripture. And I begin to let him instruct me about what's going on in the moment and how to walk with him in that place and time. All right, so if we go back to our slide and we're going to recap the whole of the last, this week and last week. God's in eternity. He started something. called creation. Part of creation was us. Because he gave us a will, ability to choose, we're not little robots, posable action figures, automatons, or whatever you want to call them. We're actually real live beings, and mind, will, and emotions is part of that. We made some choices. Adam started it, and we've all ratified it. But God knew that was going to happen, so he sent his son at the right time to take care of the effects of that choice to sin. And when he died, he paid it off. He was buried and raised because the debt was paid. Then you and I come along, or any other human being that understands who Jesus is and accepts and receives him by faith, which is an act of obedience. They are crucified, buried, and raised with him, seated with him in heavenly places, born again, a brand new creature. And what happens after that is the life we now live 
No longer on the Adam timeline. No longer on his DNA line. We are now a child of God in the world but not of the world. Learning to walk in the newness of life through a maturing process. And I'll finish with this one verse. In Hebrews 12 it says, Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and reproves every son that he receives. If you're left without discipline in which all become partakers, then you're not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers who disciplined us for a short time and seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. Now, all discipline seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful, but afterwards it yields the fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are feeble and the knees that are weak, that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. So, our Father who loves us is disciplining us, which means to train. And he's correcting us because he's received us. He, he corrects those he's received, not rejected. He's a good father. And we had an old nature, but in Christ we get a new nature. And along with that new nature, we get a new nurture. Our Heavenly Father who's leading us to learn how to live this life, walking in the newness of life of Christ within us rather than the dictates of the world around us and our old thoughts and belief systems. All right, I hope this slide presentation has been a, a help to you to visualize what I'm talking about. It's a journey that we're all on. The fact that you don't get it just exactly right just yet, well, nobody else has either, but we're growing. Our Father will not give up on us. He that began a good work in you will bring it to completion, it says in Philippians 1.6. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you had the goal in mind. You knew all the uh, pitfalls along the way, especially about sin. You prepared for that before you ever said, let there be light. And you brought it to pass in the person of Christ who completed the work that you gave him to do. And when we receive him by faith, we are placed in him, crucified with him, buried with him, and raised with him. Now learning, as you lead us, Father, to walk in the newness of life by faith, the same way we received you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy and for your incredible wisdom and outstanding love towards us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.